This is Ool Radio. I'm Jason Snell with Alan Pike. Hi. Hi, Jason. How's it going? Pretty good. I enjoyed your talk. Thank you. You had... Okay, so you talked about iTunes. I did. And you pointed out that many people have have talked and written about iTunes and all the issues with iTunes. And I sat there going, I resemble that remark because I've written I don't know how many articles about it. How is it so bad? Why is it still like this? What are they even doing? You know, it's starting to become almost philosophical. <laughs> like, maybe this is one of those things people were not meant to understand. <laughs> like, don't ask. It's an unanswerable question. Don't you shouldn't even closely. ask. Don't look too closely. You could be blinded yeah, by the yeah, truth. Exactly, right. So, um, first, though, I wanted to say your presentation was full of screenshots. Very funny screenshots integrated with your, your uh, commentary. Um, in which iTunes, various iTunes error messages were almost answering your own questions as you went along. What was your method? Uh, seriously, inside baseball, <laughs> what was your method of getting those screenshots? So yeah, so screenshots is. Do like you just a see problem. errors and take screenshots? Is that what is happening here? That is actually what happened. So the origin of this was <laughs> I, you know, for a long time have wondered why, you know, as somebody who thinks about how products are made and how you maintain software over time and stuff, I've been fascinated by how bad iTunes is and how many problems it seems to have and its struggles. And so, and I get a lot of iTunes errors. I think because I have a very large library and I've signed up for all the like 42 different cloud services that have been crammed in there over the years. And so I think iTunes is a little uncomfortable with me and how I do things. And so I get a lot of these errors. And so I eventually started like screenshotting them and saving them in a folder, which I just called iTunes sucks. And I would just save them in there. And over time, I actually got to the point where I was like, I think I'm, I might be able to make something out of this. I don't really know what. And so I started when like Stephen Frank, for example, from Panic, who is really good at getting lots of weird error messages and he tweets them. And so I would sometimes save other people's as well. And I was originally interned to a blog post, but I'm like, no, nah, this has got to be a talk. And so I pitched uh, to Paul at all. I'm like w- w- to see whether or not he would sort of trust me enough to try and make a talk where every slide uh, was a error message from iTunes. And it worked. And it worked. Yeah. Here, here you are. And, and we got there. So, how did we get here is the question you asked. How did we get to the toxic hell stew that is <laughs> iTunes today? I loved your screenshots of Mac OS 8. It is important to remind everybody how early on iTunes was created, right, from SoundJam MP. It was a very long time ago. It is, it's not a newcomer. It didn't exist for the iPhone. It existed for the iPod and before the iPod. Yeah. I mean, when they originally announced iTunes, it was a little bit kind of like a sideshow thing. It's like, yeah, I guess it's cool. I mean, it seems like having a music player as part of the operating system might be reasonable. But like now, it's this core part that's interconnected with so many parts of really the transformation of Apple from that time from 2001 and 2000 when they originally announced iTunes as just a music player to this vortex of syncing and uh, and backups and cloud stuff and all the various crap that's been kind of jammed into it. The uh, Yeah, I think today's Apple wouldn't have done what they did back then where they bought a music player and, and reskinned it and released it and had the iPod in development and just yes. went ahead and released it. Yes. And today today people covering Apple would look at that and say, well it was it's obvious they have a music strategy in the works. And back then it was sort of like, no, you know, digital hub, people like music, we can you can burn CDs, that's what it's for, it's just to burn audio CDs and rip mix burn, right? 
Well, that particular move was interesting because it was a course correction because for whatever reason, it seems like I'd kind of read about this since, is that Steve thought that like CD ripping and burning was just like a brief fad, but that it was really all about going to be DVD burning, that that was uh, the future. And so you, there was actually a, an IMAX skew at one point where it, it could read and write DVDs, but couldn't make CDs, which like now it's like, who gives, like, yeah. you know, spinning discs. But at the time that was like a huge misstep. And then the whole, the market was like, uh, yeah, no. And so they kind of had this panic. They're like, okay, we will buy you. And then Panic said no and said, okay, fine, we'll take Sound Jam. And yep. uh, that's how they ended up with iTunes. Yeah, so the, the it, would it be safe to say that the syncing is sort of like the the biggest problem in iTunes? The fact that it, it got turned into the place that all you know, device syncing has to happen. That's definitely where the origin of where it got, of course. Like, it was a pretty good music player, and then it became this syncing vortex. But And I think that probably still now the biggest source of code and technical debt in iTunes is, is the syncing stuff. But as far as the actual, like, flakiness and bugginess that people encounter today, like, it used to be that most of it was syncing because people were syncing all their devices with iTunes. But now that most of us are doing our syncing with devices on the cloud, when you're using iTunes, most of the times you counter problems is because of the various cloud services and the yeah. fact that they've been like just kind of like jammed into this 20-year-old C++ code base as opposed to like if it was a modern Swift app that was written from scratch the way, say, the Photos app that Apple has, which is like we know we can't make any assumptions about whether or not this, this piece of data is here or isn't here, then you can actually write a really reliable cloud application, but you don't start with a 20-year-old thing that was built assuming that everything is like on the local disk on your Mac OS 8 machine. Yeah, I think I think that... I wonder if this is true or not. My guess is that iTunes is like the most old application in terms of its technology, especially that that most people use because it is. My understanding is it's very old internally too. That it it's using some stuff that was made, you know, to transition those OS eight and nine apps over to OS ten, and that it's you know. You don't even want to look in there, which actually, you know, you talked about the technical debt of of this app that its age does in some ways describe why there are these problems, because it's kind of hard to get out of it. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's part of how they got into the circumstance of iTunes being having so much technical debt and it's so bad. And when you look at it containing so many bizarre features, like I was sort of joking about the uh, the CD jewel case insert printing theming engine, that when they demoed that in like iTunes 4, I was like, oh, that's cool because I burn CDs all the time yeah. and I do jewel case inserts. But now that's just like one of many chunks of code that is maintained and maybe they test it. I assume it still works. Actually, somebody came up to me after and they're like, I actually still use that jewel case insert printing theming engine and i was glad to and that's why that's why it's still there i i bought a car that um i had to drive from it was it was uh, from a relative and i had to drive it from la to san francisco and i asked them what the radio had and they said because uh, i said does it have bluetooth or an mm. aux in plug because right. i have to drive from san francisco to from la to san francisco in this car they said nope it has a CD player, and I, I literally, it, they're still in the car to this day. I burned like four CDs to play music, and this is like four years ago, and I 
it took me a long time to remember how to do that, but it's all in there. Oh, yeah. There's the little, like, uh, nuclear symbol that uh-huh. then spins when you're burning the yeah, CD. Yeah, it seems like a bad <laughs> idea. That's, like, even worse than having a, a garbage can to <laughs> indicate... <laughs> to, to throw things away. Where, yeah, the, uh, the, the, the nuclear but thing. The yeah. fact that that stuff is all still in there and hasn't been slowly evolved out the way that you would normally with software that's aging out makes me think that they're quite a few years behind where they thought they were going to be able to ditch this and replace it, and they've yeah. just... Uh, you know, whether it's like the Mac Pro that they changed their mind multiple times or what my, my theory is more that they just thought that logistically it would be easier to get away from some of the things that they're doing as far as depending on Windows and stuff like that. Um, and still selling iPod Nanos, like... Right. Or if you still want to sell the iPod Nano, maybe make one that like can connect to the cloud cause that, or, and like have some sort of Wi-Fi access because that chip would cost like four cents. So yeah. it's easy for me to make work for them. They or, can go just do that. Or do you just turn iTunes into iSync, basically, which was a thing. Which was a thing, and it was called iSync. And and it, maybe they should have brought that back, but they didn't do it. Maybe you turn that into that and then come out with apps. I mean, how long has it been now on the Mac that they renamed address book to contacts? And they, they you know, all of these things are are becoming more parallel with iOS. And yet on iOS... You have, you know, movies or TV and music and App Store separate. And on the Mac, there's App Store now, but everything else, including the iOS App Store, is just in iTunes. So it would be logical for them to break it apart. But to your point, um, one, that that's a lot of work and maybe they it's more than they were willing to do. And two, there's also Windows and what do you do with all your Windows support? Because there are still people who are using the Apple ecosystem on PCs. I mean, you could argue that iPhones don't need to attach to PCs anymore, but some of them do. And then people want to play that music on on both their PC and their iPhone. And so you can't abandon Windows. You've got to keep it up. And is is that... That's one of the theories I think you have that yeah, for maybe sure. that's why. I think that in definitely in the middle years, it was definitely Windows was a huge part of it because if you look at what has been broken out into separate apps on the Mac and what hasn't, it's pretty much just all the things that were in iTunes that are still on Windows, right? So we have the Mac App Store as a separate app, but there's no Mac App Store on Windows. So that's easy enough for them to do. And so when you look at, like, I'm sure they're willing to and have prototyped out and built out what is a, a music app on uh, look like on the Mac. It's just about, okay, well, at what point can we say, all right, now iTunes is dead, or at least it takes like the QuickTime 7 route where it's like, yeah. well, it's still there in the like, you know, in a folder in your applications if you need to get to it for some reason, but we're basically end of lifing this thing. And presumably they have some metrics, although they try to not be creepy and keep uh, metrics that other companies might keep, but presumably they have some metrics about what people are actually using iTunes for today, other than just playing back music and like are waiting for, okay, once less than, you know, 100,000 people are using the Windows iTunes to flash their devices or something. Uh, I don't know what those but, numbers are. But yeah, it doesn't feel like the, the answer here on the Mac anyway, maybe not on Windows, but on the Mac is to say there's a new music app, there's a new movies and TV app, and those are like the music app is super cloud focused. I mean, I loved your talk also because I've outlined like that story that I want to write at some point, which is just like, what would this thing be? Because it's it's a fun thing to speculate about. Like you can see it. You can look at iOS and say they're pretty close to saying it's mostly about playing things from Apple Music. It's not really about your local library, although maybe you can do local files. Maybe not. You know, maybe it's as simple as if you want that, iTunes is hidden away in that folder. You can go get it. Um, and then syncing is the other thing. Do you break out syncing or do you just say, look, forget it. iTunes remains available for syncing and otherwise we give up. 
I'm virtually certain that they would just say there's no syncing at all. Like if they're bu- you're building a new application, you couldn't even if you wanted to probably recreate all the sync stuff that iTunes does to support old like they right. can support the click wheel iPod and it's like, well good luck finding one that's in good working condition. I'm sure they probably have one in their museum or whatever. But like <laughs> and like people have them and there's some non zero number of people who are actually syncing music to their old devices. Right? I have a I have an iPod in the glove box of my uh, minivan oh, yeah. that's loaded up with music nice. and the only way to sync it is every six months or so I'll I'll bring it in and plug it in and go through that iTunes sync and and that's it. But I do have moments like I copy files onto my iPad using iTunes because that's how you get access to the application folders. Now, right. you know, again, that's a place where probably some judicious changes to iOS could solve that and get it out of there where you could either imagine this now, follow me here mount the storage of an iOS device on your Mac. That's just crazy talk. It's wild. <laughs> Or a file system. maybe you could use iCloud Drive to do it, although if they're big files, that would be really wasteful, and transferring via wire is sometimes the best approach. But maybe they'll get there. I don't know. It's it's It does seem like maybe they're paralyzed, that there's just this is an intractable problem, and every solution that they come up with it takes too long or has too many what-ifs, and so... They, they're just sort of letting it ride, that it's going to suck on the Mac. That's just how it's going to be. And I hope that's not the case. Yeah, I definitely don't think that their mentality is it's going to suck. I think that they have a burn down of like, these are the things that need to happen. And then how? what is our plan for making them happen? And I'm sure that there's a combination of certain features that iOS needs to have, certain adoption or abandonment of certain things. Like maybe there was an iPod Nano that didn't depend on iTunes. It was supposed to ship two years ago, but then their component supplier or something, something like they, they never talk about that stuff. So we don't know. But uh, uh, I of all the things that I would sort of say, oh, almost anything is possible, I would say that they definitely care that it sucks, and they're not just like, well, I guess it's going to suck forever. Like, I'm sure it gives yeah. them even more grief than it gives well, us. Well, the iPod Nano is a good deal. If they, if, if they want to keep selling that product, isn't it strange that Apple makes a music player that is not compatible with Apple Music? Yeah, and that it looks like an <laughs> iOS 6 thing with, like, the skeuomorphic buttons and stuff like that, but they keep selling it, and... You know, so is it like the Mac Pro that they're like, well, we just keep fighting internally? Well, almost certainly it is actually like the Mac Pro yeah. that they keep fighting internally about, are we going to kill this thing or are we going to make a new one? And then they argue it, and they argue. It still and then sells, but not actually... enough for us to make a new one. So yes. we'll just keep selling the old one. It'll be embarrassing, but we'll make money and nobody cares. Yeah, and I guess money is cool or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Because, you know, our blah, blah, money blah, isn't blah. big enough. But they, I think that that's, oh, those sort of paralysis when that we see as consumers when we're using this stuff is, is typically a result of this sort of, okay, these are the things that we need to do in order to make this change that everyone knows we need to make change and then sort of internal struggle and churn about is this list of things sufficient and how do we get there and how are we actually prioritizing that and and quite frankly it's the of all the things we need to do on the mac and all the things we need to do in software is putting a music app on the mac when itunes suffices like not it's going to suck forever but like is it what priority does it rise to? And yeah. maybe there are bigger fish to fry. And, and, and I, But for the last two years, I've gone into WWDC thinking this is the year they're going to do a music app and a, and a video app on, on Mac OS, and they're going to get iTunes and kick it to the side. And it just, you know, it's still there. It's still, you can't kill it. It's like a vampire in a horror movie. It just, it keeps it is coming a lot back. Like that. It's terrifying, really, <laughs> some of these errors. Yeah. Well, Alan, thank you so much for your talk here at Ool and uh, for chatting with me. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jason. This is Ool Radio. Mm-hmm.